Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. Today, I am going to tell you of a white man named Philip Barker, an American born in 1929 and who died in 2012 at the age of 82. Early in his life, he was drawn by the romance of the Arabian Nights, the thief of Baghdad, and the Islamic mystics and poets, and when studying abroad as a young man, experiencing many different cultures and becoming expert in Urdu and South Asian studies, he converted to Islam, married a light-skinned South Asian woman who he never abandoned, and took on the name Muhammad Abd al-Rahman Barker, or simply M.A.R. Barker, the name under which he wrote and became fairly well-known. Late in his life, he often reverted to just plain Phil. An unlikely subject for an American Dissident Voices broadcast, you might think. Barker was descended from early American settlers who came to this country in 1626. He received a Fulbright scholarship to study the languages of India in 1951. In his spare time, he immersed himself in the world of fantasy fiction, writing reviews, meeting authors, and gradually incubating his own ideas of what worlds he might create within the genre. He wrote a dissertation on and published the first-ever grammar and dictionary of the Claymath language, an ancient Amerindian language of the U.S. Northwest, something that, perhaps significantly, no Claymath speaker had ever done. He taught at McGill University's Institute of Islamic Studies and later headed the University of Minnesota's Department of South Asian Studies, which he ran until his retirement in the early 1990s. He was one of the very early innovators in the field of fantasy role-playing games. When he died, his obituary was published in Forbes magazine, and probably many other publications as well. Inspired by the early role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons, a person-to-person, non-computer game that inspired many, many artificial gaming worlds to come, Barker created a game and entire fantasy world he called Tecumel in the early 1970s. Its official name is Empire of the Petal Throne, the World of Tecumel. Characterized by a clash of fictional civilizations, which Barker imagined in great detail, it is well regarded and still played today. Podcasts and websites are still devoted to it, almost half a century later. There is even a Tecumel Foundation which curates and facilitates the future of Barker's creation. 
Between 1984 and 2003, he also published five novels set in the world of Tecumel. When he gave his gift to the National Alliance, he was 62 years old and was still running the Department of South Asian Studies and still writing his Tecumel novels. In the midst of all that, around 1990, he wrote a sixth novel, set not in a fantasy world, but in the real world, in the mid-21st century. He called that novel Serpent's Walk, named after a Hindu myth. It's about the hundred-year-long underground survival of National Socialist Germany's SS and their gradual emergence into open conflict with the Jewish power structure. Barker entered into enthusiastic correspondence with William Pierce, head of the National Alliance, looking for a bit of collaboration and advice and with an eye to having the Alliance publish this work, which it did in 1991. M. A. R. Barker had realized the truth about the toxicity of Jewish power, national socialist greatness and benevolence, and the importance of the survival of our European race. And before he died, he wanted to give what he had to give, with whatever literary and artistic talents he possessed, to the group that had perhaps done the most to open his eyes to truth, the National Alliance. Dr. Barker wrote the book under the pseudonym Randolph Calverhall, a name based on one of his ancestors, and never revealed the truth of his secret gift during his lifetime. Thus we have Serpent's Walk today. I can tell this story openly now, since the lesser minds and lesser men who now run the Tecumel Foundation discovered and then publicized Dr. Barker's correspondence, manuscripts, and proofs relating to Serpent's Walk last year and began to unnecessarily apologize all over the place for them and for the book, like the spineless and ignorant twerps that they apparently are. It was also revealed at that time that Dr. Barker served for many years on the editorial advisory board of the Institute for Historical Review, where his name appeared just under the Jews' radar as Philip Barker, Ph.D., Minneapolis, Minnesota. The book is sold today by our Cosmotheist bookstore at Cosmotheist Church. Dot org. That's Cosmotheist Church, all one word, dot O-R-G. Fairly early on in the book, one of the characters, a man called Wrench, 
tells another named Lessing, who has just discovered that the SS didn't disappear after World War II, but continued to build its power just below the surface of many large business entities. Lessing is very skeptical. Quote, We're in competition, Lessing. We win. It's our genes that survive, and our Western heritage, our Aryan culture, if you like that provides the model for how people will live on this planet for the next millennium. If we lose, and the Israelis win, then they run the bagel shop their way, exactly what they've been trying to do for centuries. If both of the above lose, then the Chinese, the Japanese, or some new booga-booga power in the third world gets to pilot the ship on the cruise down to hell. As a white man, I wouldn't want to live in such a mongrel world. Oh, sure, and while we're at it, just what do you have in mind for the Jews and the blacks? More gas chambers? I told you, there never were such things. None. That was wartime propaganda that the Jews kept going in order to gain sympathy, support, and money for Israel. We don't hate other races or ethnic groups. We just love our own people more. Our civilization is best fitted to run this ball of mud, but that doesn't mean we're going to slaughter all our fellow inhabitants. If they cooperate, they'll be a damned sight better off than they are right now. Lessing frowned. He could think of nothing to say. As I said, we're in competition with those people for world supremacy. We will win, because we are the best fitted to do so. If others choose to live in peace within their own regions, we won't harm them. Those in our territory who are not our people will have to leave and settle elsewhere. It's as simple as that. We're willing to let other ethnic groups have their place in the sun, but as for living with us, running us, or grabbing what we have worked to build up for ourselves, no way. If that takes force to achieve and maintain, then so be it. As the Jews say, never again. Close quote. Another bit of dialogue runs, quote, the past must not dictate to the present and the future. The Jews have never been able to see this. They insist on their ancient tribal identity right out of the Old Testament. Yet you don't want them to assimilate, to mingle and disappear into your population, do you? Frankly, no. We don't want them to change us. That's happened enough already. When they came to America as refugees, we took them in. Then they took the place over and started remaking it to suit themselves. They turned America into a multiracial pigsty. We'll breathe easier when we're completely free of them and their influence. Close quote. The book, as one might expect from a man who took the path he did, includes a sympathetic yet definitely evolving white character with a non-white girlfriend. 
The book also contains some very realistic debates between characters, Islamists, white separatists, black nationalists, Arabs, and others that enter skillfully into uncomfortable territory for all concerned, but resolve into a shaky network of alliances against the Jewish power structure that dominates the world to everyone's detriment. There are even a few Jews who see that their insane genocidal leaders aren't worthy of support. Add in Israeli torturers, an institute called Sperm Bank Lebensborn, a nearly sentient supercomputer that builds a duplicate of itself, quotes from Nietzsche and Clausewitz and Hitler, a bioweapon more deadly than whatever our misrulers were intending COVID to be, a group flying the red, white, and black swastika flag calling itself the party of humankind, a life-or-death conflict between the newly emerged SS and the Jews, and a world traveler's, artist's, and scholar's understanding of the ways of the world. And it's quite a read. At one point, there's a flurry of renaming of public and private institutions and places in America. Quote, Renaming had grown into a major industry. The surprising thing was that in addition to the obvious heroes of the party, there were requests for relative unknowns. Lessing had seen applications for commemorations of Otto Skorzeny, the commando who had rescued Mussolini by glider, for Hannah Reich, the woman test pilot who had once personally flown a V-1 rocket and nearly made mincemeat of herself doing it. For Leon de Grel, the heroic commander of a Belgian SS division. For a whole gaggle of Ukrainians and East Europeans who had been persecuted back during the years of Jewish dominance. And for many others. Some college in Nebraska even wanted to name its agricultural school after Walter Dare, the Third Reich's Minister of Agriculture. Close quote. It is definitely an action novel, but the book has real literary merit and is full of complex characters and bright imaginings of what might be one day. The descriptions and action are hewn with real artistic flair. These short excerpts miss that part, as befits a man who has been compared favorably with Tolkien. So this is a story of a man who gave a gift. An imperfect man, a man with flaws, a man who'd made some mistakes and miscalculations, mistakes that he perhaps couldn't simply get out of without, in his view, even greater harm and dishonor. A man who therefore decided to give a great gift to those who were fighting for what is right, a gift to the National Alliance. He was a man of art, a writer, a man whose gift consisted of his very best efforts in the field in which his talents shone their brightest. In this case, 
a novel, a man who thereby made a statement and showed a path for others. I've talked often about gifts that the Alliance may receive in the future as the lines of battle for the survival of our kind become clearer and clearer to millions of our folk. Our people, the people of all nations of Europe and of the colonies they founded around the globe, are a great people, an artistic people, a people of subtle and refined learning and intelligence, a people of great dreams, of dreams that have never been dreamed before, a people which gives birth to the likes of William Pierce and William Gailey Simpson, and yes, M.A.R. Barker. Remember there was a time when William Pierce supported libertarianism and the John Birch Society. Remember, there was a time, a very long time, when William Simpson put all of his life energy and talent into promoting a Christian message. And it was only late in life that he joined the National Alliance and decided to give his considerable literary and philosophical gifts to the cause of his race, including his truly great book, Which Way, Western Man? What gifts can you give to the National Alliance, the organizational embodiment of European man's will to live. Some who have succeeded financially in life can give us money so we can expand our outreach and pay our staff a living wage and acquire more land and buildings and employees. We've already made a good start to make our racial community concrete and real. Someday we'll come along one, then a few, then a growing number of very successful men, men who have already made large contributions to society in business or the arts, perhaps some of them men who were pioneers in creating the new and honest money system of BTC that stands poised to beat the money men who are trying to destroy us, who can make huge donations that will take the Alliance to an entirely new level. Some who may think of themselves as more humble and ordinary men, but who are just as noble, will dig deep from their income and their savings and help us with regular membership dues and donations. It is such men, made of greater stuff than they might give themselves credit for, who have made almost everything we have done possible. Some will be more like me and purposely choose a path in life that does not involve maximizing profits or wages and then making donations, but instead involves dropping out of the produce and consume game and devoting most of their time and most of their life energies to making sure the Alliance succeeds and its message gets out to all of our people. They will work for us, part or full time. Some 
will move to Upper East Tennessee and join our intentional racial community there. These two give a great gift. Their spouses, too, give part of that gift, not only by making do with fewer material things, but by accepting and supporting the alliance-building mission of their mates and all the risks that that entails. They also give by devoting their good names and reputations to our great cause. More and more such people are arising. Now some may give a gift that we can't even imagine, a scientific discovery that will allow us to harness forces that none of our enemies can oppose. Perhaps a research scientist will give us such a gift and in the same act deny that gift to the regime in Washington, which was expecting to get it. Perhaps it will be the discoverer of an unstoppable, revolutionary mathematical protocol, just as revolutionary as Bitcoin, that empowers the honest and the racially loyal and disempowers the regime and its minions, who will give the power of that protocol to us early on. Perhaps it will be something that I'm not capable of understanding yet, but the giver will make sure that I do when the gift is given. The story of M.A.R. Barker and his gift has many lessons for us. One is the lesson of noble action for a necessary cause. Another is that of gaining an understanding of those who have traveled a rough and crooked path to reach us. Another is that of humility, for even the seemingly lost may surprise us when the race soul is stirred to action. So, I am going to continue, in the years to come, to stir so much as I am able a few race souls. What are you going to do?